Welcome back to the Wrong Advice Podcast. I am your host, John Picciuto, and I'm very excited to have my very good friend, Mr. James Wolf, on with us today. James, how you doing, my friend? Number two. I knew we were going to do this again. I'm <laughs> thrilled and honored. I'm honored. Oh, I'm happy to have you. It's We went a little bit over the six-month uh, reconnect, as I typically like to do. Um, but yeah, how, how have you been, my man? Life tends to present itself in such a wild way. And I guess, you know, this is why we had to wait a little bit more than six months so we could actually have some juicy stuff to talk about. <laughs> I appreciate you know? that. Yeah, we, uh, the two of us have had a myriad of ups and downs over the last, you know, call it almost a year. Um, I, I constantly marvel at the position in which my life has, or, you know, and like the position that I've found myself in lately in how so many things have changed and so many things are different and some of that's for the better and some of that's for the worst. But, you know, I think ultimately that's kind of like how life works. Yeah. There's no good or bad. Right. And that's the thing that humans are constantly striving to understand a little bit better is kind of transcending that duality. Mm. And, uh, and it's not in some like weird utilitarian way, but to not see anything that's a negative or a shadow as, you know, a place to be a victim, right? Like the, the gifts mm-hmm. of our, of our life really kind of transcend out of those seeds of shadow. So I don't know, for me, the longer I have spent time seeing like, the, I don't want to say the purpose again, it's not a utility, but seeing the beauty that can come out of those shadows, the less I get like fully dragged down by them. If that makes sense. It does make sense. I don't think I've, I've framed it in that context before, but it is, pretty much exactly how I feel. Um, when good things happen, I am much more thankful for them. And when bad things happen, they affect me a lot less. Um, and I'm not entirely sure if that's just because of the journey that I've gone on over the last two years, but I feel at such peace with myself that I think I'm able to sort of navigate the highs and lows in a, in a much more manageable sort of way. Absolutely. And there's what well, you, you know, you and I kind of talked about outside of this conversation a few times is really just kind of understanding how important it is to be able to ride the waves of unsecurity and Mm. instability. And, you know, when you identify too much with either end of the spectrum, that's where you start getting tossed around by this ocean way too much. Right. And so, you know, I think a huge learning growth curve for, you know, for myself, you know, you're obviously working on it too. And so many people I know are, is learning how to just ride those choppy waves, right? It's yeah. like the longer and quicker you can understand how to, you know, deal with the unsecurity of life. Paradoxically, you start to not even think that there is such thing as security and you get out of that weird polarity and it's a really beautiful place to be. Yeah, I love that. Do you think that COVID has been like the biggest sort of catalyst for people to like change and grow and internalize and 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 sort of reshape their lives because like for me it was and i was obvious you know byproduct of losing my job during a fucking crazy time in the world but it seems like a lot of people that i know are kind of going through the same sort of call it metamorphosis where they're taking harder looks internally changing things about their life whether it's their job where they live relationships all these kind of things it seems like it's like a big change in in like at least in my general sphere of friends um do you think that's like a, a byproduct from covid you know, these kind of events come throughout history, right? Yeah. And this has happened time and time again. And, you know, we can go back and, and check it all out and see how the world has changed dramatically 
at the uh, at the finish of something crazy, like even the Spanish flu, right? And the Roaring Twenties came. Mm, yeah. So like that after World War One, and then the Spanish flu came and just destroyed everyone. Uh-huh. Um, and then we had such a prosperous time again, and so this kind of like balance just will continue to happen. Like there, you know, I have this this guru spiritual teacher I've been seeing now, and he's just so cool. Peter Evans, he's in Santa Monica, and he actually uh, co-wrote Gene Keys, which has been like a, a massive help in my own life, and. Uh, you know, something he said to me pretty recently was that there's just there's no such thing as a perpetual peak. Mm. Like you just there is no such thing. There's no such place as a you know the the tip of the iceberg or the top of the mountain where you just stay there, because it's just not how that works. So you have to be able to understand this kind of balance back and forth, balance back and forth. This you know utter utter birth and then death, birth death, birth death, and uh, it's how you kind of understand how to play that game that makes it more manageable and bearable as you said you don't get used to it it's like it's still hard every time you get pushed through that birth canal Mm -hmm. but but once you start understanding the process of getting pushed through that birth canal the easier it gets to go through that process and uh that's very interesting yeah i kind of wanted uh another thing that i just i think you'll love this a couple months ago, I watched this documentary on Stan Groff, who uh, was a big therapist, I think in the 70s, like when like psychedelics were really taking a big upswing in the, in the therapy world. And he started to, you know, have his patients take LSD. Oh. And what he started to realize was that during their trips, they were going through these massive kind of deaths. And he was able to, you know, he, I don't know if he named this or if he, you know, whatever he did, but he kind of brought a lot of attention to um, the four perinatal matrices. And what it was, this is what the child goes through too. And what we as humans perpetually go through time and time again throughout life until our, our final departure, which is really, you know, I guess the final birth back into the ether. Um, So the first perinatal matrix is obviously, you know, the birthing process has begun, you know, the water breaks. And uh, the second one is you start getting pulled into the canal. The third perinatal matrix is where everyone gets totally, this is like the the first birthright of humanity, where you're getting squeezed so hard and it actually feels like death. And you can't breathe and you don't know when it's going to end. And this is what people feel like when they have a massive come up on a psychedelic. Oh. and this is what we go through with life in mean, these chapters time and time again. And then finally, the fourth matrix, of course, is, is the breaching and the birth. And you finally have that breath and that inhale of fresh air and this, this light illuminates you and you're, oh, you're, right, you're on the other side. And so what he kind of figured out was that even in the therapy, this is what people were going through time and time again. And so uh, am I hearing something kind of funky? No, I think that was your phone for a second. Yeah, it was my phone. Uh, no, you're good. I was like, what machine is breaking down? <laughs> um, so this is what people are going through time and time again. And it's just it's just so important to be able to understand this process so that you don't identify so heavily with each part of it where you're just like a, like a chicken without a head just freaking out. That's very interesting. So, yeah. I guess I never, you know, that is like a very literal manifestation of like the process of, you know, gaining and losing in life right like so like each sort of new phase of your life is a birth and a death i never really uh constructed 
things in my life in that manner, but that's a very interesting frame of reference for it because obviously it's extremely literal to being alive and dying um, mm-hmm. and sort of those births and deaths in life. With that, I find that very interesting. Um, do, do you feel like you've been going through like a, a sort of a, a birth or death sort of in oh. your own? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. Man. It's been, it's been like one of the, the toughest six month periods of my life. Um, you know, I'm sure a couple of your, your listeners will know, I, you know, I lost my brother to a drug addiction in February. Mm. Um, and I lost, I didn't lose her, but you know, a partner and I decided to part ways, uh, about a month and a half ago. And, you know, I, this is a touchy subject even, but I had to rehome the puppy that we had together yeah. uh, about two weeks ago, which, you know, these three things come in threes, right? So like, these were just massively experiential occurrences and you know everyone's got their their own kind of part in it um but there's so much to learn and so much clarity that can come from such a pain and uh yeah i mean there's there's a lot i can talk about with with all three of those but you know is there yeah i'm super i'm super curious so like you know the the loss of a brother is something that's like probably never going to be something that you're able to like fully heal from right like that's like an unimaginable loss and that process having unfolded just you know called six months ago is is not a lot of time that's transpired um since then uh how, how do you go about unpacking that level of loss like i would imagine it's each day gets a little bit easier the weight gets a little bit less the burden's a little bit less like how, how does that you know it's 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 just unimaginable for me. It's it was wild. I've never um, experienced a close family death before. Oh wow! Um, yeah, my grandmother died of cancer when I was like seventeen, but I wasn't that close with her, mm-hmm. and so it it didn't really hit like this hit. And uh, you know, my brother, who I shared a bed with until I was twelve. Wow. Not not because we only had one bed, but he would climb into my bed. Right. And, you know, we were we were both athletes. Um, you know, we, we had that relationship that was rooted in love, but was just shrouded in competition. Right. And so like it was like at a, at a young kind of like shadow frequency. It was pretty negative, to be honest. Like it was not a great relationship. Like how we were to each other was very different than how we responded about each other to other people that's normal yeah it is normal and we just never but we never reached kind of like a more high frequency style relationship with each other i went to you know i went to one high school he went to a different one we went to different colleges um you know i was in new york city for his senior year in college and then i moved out to california once he graduated so we never really had a lot of time together and then of course his addiction kind of you know, eroded his, his conscious personality in so many ways for the last like eight years. So yeah, it was pretty wild. It was pretty wild. And that, you know, and my, you know, my, my parents had it way worse than I did regarding that journey. And I will never, you know, I will never say otherwise. My, my parents, you know, really had to grow as human beings. And, you know, that's something that I definitely want to touch on too, regarding my mother. Um, you know, I come from a, a pretty masculine household, right? Like a very go get them, go do, mm-hmm. um, not a whole lot of like, not a whole lot of comfortability and expressing emotions, which for me was very hard because I'm internally, I'm like the most emotional person on, on the planet. So as kids, we like, we didn't really have that. And that totally played a part in his, um, his journey with self-love or, or lack thereof. 
Yeah. Um, but his death and even leading up to it, like for my mother, was probably the most spiritual experience she's ever had. She's had to learn like such tenderness and grace and empathy and and just like dismantling so much of what she thinks she knows about life herself and other people around her in order to really kind of even understand what my brother was going through because yeah. you know so many people just think like oh like the drug is the problem and it's never the problem right it's like there's this whole ocean of of foundation underneath that where, where this drug problem arises mm-hmm. and and it was just you know seeing her kind of come out of the shadow as a completely new person like she and i have a totally new relationship now yeah and like yes it's you know there's one less sibling and so maybe there's an element of like okay i need to love my family more mm. but that's also like one of the beautiful functions of death right like it yeah. puts into perspective what's truly important between people you know, it's, it's never a job. It's never, you know, status. It's never money. It's none of that stuff. It's, it's purely the, the, the resonance of love between the people in your life. And I'm super, was, yeah. I'm super glad you said that. I've, I've been working on a, on a blog post for like the last week, um, centered around that, right? Like the thing that the, the greatest unfortunate byproduct of loss is how it reframes and reshapes your mind to what is important in life. And like you said, it's never status or stuff, places, things, it's people. And I've been trying to like put a bow tie on this blog post that I've been writing for a while about like trying to impart on younger people that there's a million things that you can worry about on a daily basis, like your job, your your fucking bills, like whatever it is, but you're never going to be able to look back and be like, wow, I was super happy that I had this relationship with this friend or my family or a grandparent, because you only experience that gratitude when it's no longer there. And it's one of those things that I've been really, really trying to implement in my daily life is just being thankful and telling people who are in my life that I'm thankful to have them because it is only at loss that you're able to realize what you're going to go without moving forward. Um, and it really is one of those beautiful tragedies of, of death because it's, it's able to like reconstitute your mind to be able to see just how wonderful a person was to you in your life. But then it makes the loss even larger because then you know that you're going without them. It's, it's, it's like the duality of, of, of life. It's, it's, yeah, it's tough. You got it, Ben. And I've even, I've noticed that just, you know, in our communication is that you're just, you're really leaning into being the frequency of love. You yeah. know what I mean? And, that, and that's like this, this thing that I'm really having fun with too is, you know, people really think that like love is something you can give or that you can then take away, right? Like there's the option for either. And like, so this whole idea of conditional love, like on, like, it's kind of a it's kind of a paradox to me. It doesn't they kind of cancel each other out because real love is not really something you can you can give because it's not something you can take away. It's a, it's an emanation. It's I an like emanation. that. It, it transcends the ability to to you know give and take. Huh. So I think that's like really where we are starting to kind of go towards as a species, right? We're trying to elevate from this ego based consciousness to this heart based consciousness and at that element, it's truly about just being love. And like, this is what we, if we all do this, like there's never really going to be a problem. So that's, you know, and that's obviously much further down the line, but. Yeah, man, I, I'm, uh, I'm in a position now where my life is in a completely different place than I could have ever imagined it having been. 
Um, so I think because I have such gratitude for the journey that I've experienced over the last two years, um, it was literally like almost two years to the day where I lost my job, right? Like I had so many chaotic things going on in my life at that moment. And, and, and even after months after I was dealing with so much crazy shit that I'm in a place now where I'm just like very happy and extremely, extremely grateful for like the growth that I've been able to somehow achieve. Like I'm, I'm leading my life with a a lot lighter of a load, right? Like I'm giving myself the ability to live with grace and like understand that I can make mistakes. And I've like, I've, I've gone through the process, you know, with the, with the aid of therapy of like forgiving myself for like dumb shit that I've done in my life, like for, you know, making bad money mistakes or, you know, doing bad work at jobs and stuff. Like I've, I've been able to really elevate myself from like a like a consciousness perspective that i'm not like i'm not an asshole anymore like i I used to be such a dick you know what i mean like i was just i would be like tweeting crazy shit and telling people how much i hate them and stuff and like fucking trump and all things that don't matter do you know what i mean like i don't watch i don't watch the fucking news anymore like i'm much more focused on building things in my life that are going to have a lasting impact beyond my time here. Right. Like I, I, it's, it's one of those things that I'm incredibly grateful for. I don't know what happened when it happened, when that switch flipped for me over the last two years, because it happened almost without me realizing like it, it, it just all of a sudden, like I was sleeping better. I was being more refreshed in life. Like things were just getting easier and I don't, I can't pinpoint what it was, but I think what it really boiled down to is like, I gave myself space to be able to grow. I gave myself the ability to internalize all the things that I was feeling and then express them, whether it is on the spot. What did that look like? What did that look like though? Like what was that choice of giving yourself the space? Well, you know, through with my working with my therapist was like really transformative for me because like I used to bottle everything up. Like, you know, I grew up in an Italian household. It wasn't cool to like talk about feelings or or anything like that. (laughs) Yeah. And it was like one of those things where I never, like I used to write a lot. Like I would, when my parents sold their house, like I found all these journals of like all these things that I used to think and write. And like a lot of it was shit, but a lot of it was like me expressing emotions that I was feeling that I didn't, I couldn't say out loud. So when I was going through therapy and I was talking to my therapist, he basically was like, you need to like start building out like a gratitude journal. So I would like write the things that I was thankful for on on a daily basis and things that I like wish I had done differently. And then you get to a point where I'm just happy kind of being alive and like being able to pay my rent and like buy groceries that a lot of the other things don't matter, right? Like I'm currently single. I'm putting zero energy and effort into dating because it's not important to me right now. Right now, what's important to me is like spending time with my family, like getting even better at my job, which is photography. Like there are so many more important things than like that aspect of my life. But like, you know, hopefully six months from now, a year from now, I've then now built out that sort of space for me to be able to be dating again. Like I'm, I'm, I'm instituting a lot of like sort of protocols, call it in my life that have built out a framework that it took a very long time, like almost two full years, but it's now starting to pay dividends. And I like that. That's amazing, man. I mean, you're also doing it emotionally, yeah. which is so cool to witness, you know, and I didn't know you prior to, you know, 2020. So I don't really know where you totally came from, but I resonate with what you're describing as a past, you know, as your, as your history, because I had the same, same thing. Yeah. And what you just told me and you were like, I don't know what that moment was, but what you just told me was the choice you made to go to therapy 
seems to be one of the first choices you made in showing yourself true grace. Mm. And that decision to like show yourself that tenderness is kind of like, it's the seed that ends up mirroring out to everyone around you. Oh, I totally agree. Right. Right. So like when you start to make these choices for yourself, you know, you know, as within, so without, as above, so below. Right. So these things that we do for ourselves, like this is really why we're here. We're not really here to fix anyone else. We're not here to, to help anyone else. We're here truly to kind of, I don't know, rehabilitate our own souls. And through that inspiration, we kind of help everyone else. But like you, you made that choice for yourself. And like, this has just been like a cascade of, of, of beauty and, and growth for you, which is super cool to see. Yeah. I also think because when you are able to like create space for yourself, like life can then open itself up for you in other ways. Right. So because my mind wasn't as chaotic or as cluttered and because I've then created that clearness, I'm able to then focus more consciously on my work, right? I'm able to be more creative. I'm able to be more efficient with like time management and, you know, everything that goes into running a business because I'm no longer worried about a thousand other things or like how well a social media post does or like shit that just like used to bombard my mental capacity because I've cleared that space for myself. I'm just like, I'm becoming more successful in all of the ways that I would hope for a year ago. It's, it's, it's like, it's also very funny to me because like the things that I say on a daily basis make me laugh. Cause like five years ago, I'd have been like making fun of <laughs> 2022 John, you know what I mean? Like 35 well, year old. That's how it works. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. Yeah. But it's great. It's well, all, it's dude, also very you're, rewarding. You're, you're literally losing your mind, which is like the whole point of all this, right? Like we're, we're trying to get rid of our, of the, of the shadows of our ego. Mm-hmm. And like when you, when you like shed all this stuff and you stop warning, like that's, that's the whole point of meditation. It's the whole point of psychedelics. It's the whole point of breath work. It's the whole point of being a monk. It's the whole point of, of being devoted to spirituality. It's the whole point of, of all this stuff is to literally lose your damn mind because that's, that's the killer of life, right? It's like, you're worrying about everything you did, which only fuels how you go about doing everything in the future. It literally takes you away from being in the present moment, which is the only place that is a big enough channel for you to receive all the stuff that really guides you going forward. So yeah, like, of course your life is, is taking off the way you want it to because your mental state is at such a more peaceful place than it has been that you're literally like receiving these downloads, receiving these these kind of impulses and these, and these moments of, of, of real divine creation coming through you. And that's like propelling you forward. And that's like the whole damn point. It's so very you funny. Just slow down, you slow down. Yeah. It's working. Yeah, no, it's, it's funny because like in all the ways that everything I was doing used to have, like, I don't want to say no purpose, but like a million purposes and a million sort of directions because I've now very much honed in onto what the important things are. And, and like we were discussing earlier, it's people and it's, it's like the, the way that I can incorporate those people in my everyday life. Everything else has gotten a lot easier. Like, you know, I, I, speaking of decluttering, like when I'm, I, I live in a much cleaner <laughs> like apartment now, yeah. like yeah. The, the declutter of both like my mental abilities and then like also my physical space, it opened me up to be able to be much more productive on, on a daily basis. It's, it's, it's wild. Um, totally. when, when you're going through like these, these experiences of like loss after loss after loss and like it, it feels like sort of like a never ending tug towards the negative. How do you maintain like, you know, 
positive cognitive thoughts and like maintain an <laughs> upbeat sort of belief for yourself because you know there, there's no question that you know the loss of a, of a loved one is is impossible to deal with and it's just like a matter of time but then dealing with the loss of a relationship dealing with having to 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 get rid of your dog and and you know because it needed better care like how, how do how do you deal with all of that um, and still sort of like be able to put on like the happy James face, the I'm still growing and, and being able to be like a positive light. Damn. It's not, it's like not even at this point, it's not really a, a choice one way or the other, right? It's like, you don't really have a choice, you know, like you can be a victim of all this stuff, but when you start to really, you know, and this is where I guess, you know, having more revolutions around the sun really helps you because you start to see like, Oh, okay. I'm still alive. Yeah. You know what I mean? And like the more you go through crap, the more and the more you come out of it the other side, you know, in a better, more functioning way. Now you've detached from the identification of, of the trauma and you can start to like become the witness. Mm-hmm. And this is where like life really starts getting funky for people is when you can start to become the witness of your own existence. Hmm. And that's where you can start to really contemplate everything. And that's where you can start to really understand what, you know, the quote unquote purpose of that experience might've been right. Like, like with, with the puppy, right. I've never, you know, it's, it seemed like such a, a non consequential thing, but it was one of the hardest freaking things I've ever done. Oh, and it was yeah. so weird because like, here I am with a seven month old puppy who, you know, I'm someone that like just gives so fully to, you know, to the experience, like my nurturing side is crazy. So like this puppy, I was spending a thousand dollars a month on his, on his food. Jesus. And I was like, you know, like I was doing every little thing. And I got to this point where I'm like, all right, I have to put him in daycare and put, you know, put him in, um, you know, have dog walkers come. And it was just not the life I could give this little dude. And so I got to this point where I'm like, I have to walk away from unconditional love, mm. which is such a, a strangely, like paradoxical idea and yeah. and it's and it's so and it's like not something people really experience because like humans are not unconditionally loving you know it's so funny. like I, I wrote yeah. an article probably i don't know seven eight years ago uh, about how unconditional love is unreasonable love um <laughs> and i think the premise you know i can't remember but off the top of my head but like i do remember the thought process being like it's not normal to be unconditionally loving for a person. I don't think it's something that I'll ever experience and I don't think it it will be anything I ever receive other than like from say like my mom. You know what I mean? Like but it, No, it, don't say that. Don't say that. Because uh, you you're totally on your I mean, it starts with yourself. And that's why I unconditionally love myself. <laughs> I don't I don't think you do yet. I, I don't do. think you do. I do. All right, well, I, I love me quite a bit. It's, it's like other people that I need to like, you know, open space up for like my, I agree. I agree. I, when I think of like the, like love, right. Like, and I think about, and I'm very giving with the, the term of endearment of, of telling people I love them because I, you get to a point in, in life in an age where you don't know the last time the you know, the last thing you're going to say to a person. So I try not to right. let it be a negative thing. And I'm like very easygoing with like, I love you. I'm appreciative of you. I'm thankful for you. Like those things are important for me to express whether it's like fucking a person I've been friends with for two, two weeks or 20 years. Right. Like, and and it's weird sometimes, but like, I I just like, I love people. Like that's where I've gotten in my life. I used to hate everyone. So like the fact that I'm able Mm -hmm. to express the fact that I love people for no reason, I think is a huge win for me. But I do also think there is some, degree of 
paradox about unconditionally loving someone because you are opening yourself up to a vulnerability of being hurt, right? But that's your soulful duty. That's mm. that's that's the opportunity you have mm. to really help shift not only yourself but everyone around you, right? Yeah, it's interesting. It's like 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 you have an energetic duty to present like the, the fullest loving version of yourself because like, this is what everyone's doing, right? Everyone's coming together as some masked, traumatized, shadowed version of themselves. It <laughs> feels like, like the other person has to earn their true nature. Mm -hmm. But until then, I'm going to show you some half-assed version of myself. And this is what everyone's doing to everyone. So this is why like just at a societal level and, and the collective is just like kind of shitty because like there are only so few people that are truly emanating the, the grace of their full love and like despite you know maybe not receiving it in return despite but like that again is is why the burden seems to be on you know these people who are very aware that they're no longer sleepy right mm -hmm. like, you know it's like they're on their way to to awakening and like that's like literally one of the first things you start to realize is like i cannot be a victim of the trauma that i've experienced maybe in this life or past lives like i have to continue to show up you know, and this is why the Mother Teresa's and the Gandhi, like, this is why they were so powerful, because they really helped, you know, shift things at a collective level by this, their sheer individual experience of continuously showing this love, no matter what happened in return. Huh. When, and and when, go ahead. When you go through, like, multiple layers of loss like you have, does that put a hindrance on your ability to be open like that like does that like make you want to recoil does that make you want to be like guarded does of that... course it does yeah of course it does and that like that's the that's the that's the the mind killer of the ego right there right mm -hmm. like the ego wants me to go hide because the ego doesn't give a shit the right. ego wants to quote unquote protect me from every type of whether it's a spider a cliff or or an angry person mm -hmm. you know what i mean like it yeah. doesn't matter it's just it's all about you know this this very kind of animalistic primal survival technique and like this is where the relationship i had was so powerful and i often kind of use this analogy it's like when you're in a truly alchemical relationship where your trauma is coming out and it feels like like you're just by existing in that trauma like publicly with this person it feels like you're getting attacked mm. because you're just like you don't know what to do it's such an uncomfortable thing to be witnessed in your shadow right and so i used to kind of kind of make a make an analogy towards like okay, this is, like a, this is no different than a zebra and a lion in the wild. And the difference here is that the zebra is allowing itself to be eaten because only through that being eaten can they truly transmute the crap they have. But you're not actually getting eaten. But this, the ego doesn't know any different, right? The ego is telling the zebra it has to get away, just like it's telling the person it has to get away. And it's just a, a fear-based response to all this stuff. But when you can sit in that place of being witnessed, and like, even with like this loss, it's like, it's not a scary thing because it needs to go through you. Like it needs to come through you for you to you know, understand what's on the other side of this. So I, I don't really shy away from it. And you know, it, it's something I, I don't want to say I welcome, but I'm like, I'm very happy to dance with it because I, it's, you know, it, the, 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 the tears and the emotions they're in my opinion, they're happy things because it's, it only is a recognition of the beauty that I, that I had with this. Hmm. So it's like a, it's a weird paradox of the pain. Do when you have these sort of like you know like you, you go through the third level of, of trauma like right the, the, it goes in threes. What what does that do for like your creative mind like for your desire to create new 
work, new, whatever, like, where are you at from like a personal perspective of like what you want to see unfold for yourself in like this sort of new phase, right? Oh man, uh, <laughs> there's so much going on. I mean, you've seen the this this artificial intelligence art I've been kind of creating and posting. Yeah, shit's wild. Just, it's so wild, and you know, it, it's. And I totally understand these perspectives that people have. It's like, oh, it's not real art. I'm like, I don't think that's true. What? I, I don't either. Like, what is real art? You know, the stuff I see in museums, like, this doesn't look like real art to me. Like, this giant red dot. You know, yeah. what is that? <laughs> or, but, you or know, the what guy I'm, who did like a full-on white canvas. <laughs> right. Or like, let me, let me, you know, scotch tape a banana to a wall. Like, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Right. So. Well, what I'm, you know, what I'm starting to see, especially with this AI art, which is so trippy, is that, you know, as you know, like photography, you can only capture what's in front of you. <laughs> and, you know, with, I guess, I don't know if it happened because I was going through stuff or if I've always just kind of wanted to share and express and create like the wildness that's in my mind. Mm -hmm. But this, this AI art has really given me, and I think a lot of people, the opportunity to show and give a visual to something that doesn't really have any associative visuals. And it's like, it's trippy to even hear the responses I'm getting from people that, because, you know, of course I'm, I'm writing and I'm, and I'm, you know, and I'm expressing about the art as well. And, and people are just like, well, I've never been able to like see a feeling that I've had about this topic. Hmm. And, and I started to think like, whoa, this is such an incredible, almost like there's so many, therapy implications that can be used for this because yes everyone is a creator and everyone's going to find hopefully their way of creating this life but with AI art it's like you know you, you can really give a voice to someone who may not know what their what their creative you know modality is yet and it's like it can really help process things that are going on within them as it has for me and it's it's super trippy it's super trippy it is very cool um I, I would always push back against anyone who has an opinion about art that includes it's not art right right it's like those people are just inherently negative fuck faces who don't their opinions don't matter <laughs> because those are the same people that'll be like oh well if it's a digital photo and it's not a film photo right like there's always everyone has some sort of caveat for that shit and those are the people i, I like to to tell to go fuck themselves um see i still am a little bit mad <laughs> um, you know you're you're balanced yeah you're balanced. so so my but like so I, I find it to be a very interesting medium because um i've played around with it a little bit um i i don't i don't have like a, a purposeful uh thought in terms of what i would like to create with it um so for me it's just been playing around with it and toying with it so it's not been like a, a useful tool for me because i just I, I'm not like putting the necessary effort into it to like get something that I would like out of it. Um, but you've been able which to, which is art. Yeah. Which is hard. No, no, I know. And, and it's, and it's art. You know what I mean? Like that's like, there needs to be intention behind creation for it yeah. to mean anything. Yeah. No, I so, totally agree yeah. with that. And, and, and you've been able to make some fucking insanely, I had, like I don't, it, obviously audio podcast is not the best place to be describing <laughs> the work, but it's been inspiring shit to see because it's just so different from the stuff that it's like a palate cleanse, right? It's something so wholly unique. And what's nice about this stuff and what, what I would really push back against people who talk shit about AI art is it's so personal. Like you can, it's coming from a place of such a, a like extreme personalization that just because uh, you know a computer is generating it doesn't mean it's not your thoughts and your feelings exactly you know just created f by 
a, an application. I mean, it's fucking, it's wild. It's wild. It is wild. It is wild. And it's been fun to kind of dance with that in that way, especially as I try to navigate, you know, as you can tell, like my, I'm always kind of like trying to bridge the head and the heart. Yeah. And like, you know, as, as, as long as we are humans on this planet, we're always going to have to somehow articulate our heart. Mm-hmm. You know, like eventually we're all just going to be, you know, float, like floating orbs of energy that just kind of like understand each other, you know. And but until then, like we still have to communicate, we still have to engage with these senses. And, you know, with, with this AI art, I, I've been, it's almost helped me kind of it's allowed me to have the space to really verbally process and, and even, you know, with my writing and stuff, too, and vice versa. So they, they're kind of like playing this tag with each other. And it's really like expanding how I view things. And it's it, to me, it's an incredibly powerful tool. Yeah. I, I look at it like from a creative perspective, there are ebbs and flows in creativity and where you channel that creativity, whether it's photography or music or art or whatever it is, you just have to stick with what it is in that current iteration of inspiration. Right. So like whatever it is, keep doing it. And like for like me, it's photography right now for you. It's AI art. You know, a year ago when we talked, it was photography. You were creating these incredible beach photos and nature photos and like this these just like beautiful pieces of 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 art and now you're doing the same thing but you're just doing it at home right it's just yeah, like you just like taking a photo in like six months holy shit wow really yeah i like i have not even given a thought to photography it's wow. so wild that's really interesting yeah. Yeah, yeah. Why and do you this, think that is? Happened. Is that because you? Is it due to loss? Is it due to to the AI? It just stuff? doesn't inspire me anymore. It's wow. like it's it, it's like every everything is inspiring to me. Like everything is beautiful, and like but right now the ability to kind of create almost this this world out of out of feeling is just so much more inspiring to me than just kind of witnessing the world around me. Hmm. And that's very. It allows me to be a lot more engaging with the creative process because so much of why I even like photography in the first place was post, huh. you know what I mean? Like I, you know, really? like capturing the photo, like this to me, like it's super easy and, and like not very engaging. Like I'm, 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 I have fun with the direction process. I'm, I'm good at it and I can take a great photo obviously, but like the ability to kind of dance with, with, with the art, like even, you know, with my ex, like she was an amazing painter and I would paint with her and it was just like, whoa, this stuff, you know, that would be coming out. She would even have me help paint her stuff. Like I would, you know, she'd be like, well, add some stuff to this. And it was so cathartic and cool. And like the, the symbolism that would come up out of nowhere. And it was like, whoa, like this is very tied to him off Clint, who is like a very intense, you know, medium painter. And, and it's like, what, why are we doing the same stuff she's doing? And I didn't even know who she was, you know mm. what I mean? So like this multidimensional connection that we have through true creation to me is just so much more powerful. And like, you know, like I love photography, but like the next level for me, you know, we talked about it once is, is film. Right. Like that's just much more of an immersive well, experience. I, I was going to push back on you for the only reason that like I find, I found, I'm floored by the fact that you haven't taken a photo in six months, but I, it sort of makes sense, right? There is the solitary nature of the AI art of you being alone in your place creating that I think might be the headspace that you're in right now, right? You've experienced a number of layers of loss over the last six months. It would make sense for you to want to be alone and internalize that a lot. Um, it is you know, sort of the direct opposite of who I see you as as a human being. Like you're very much a people person, <laughs> very much people oriented. So I would imagine it's one of those 
you know, like you were saying, birth death cycles that you're going through right now. And you'll eventually be shedding the, the solo nature of this and get back into like what will inevitably become your film work. I would imagine. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the cocoon phase is definitely nearing its end. I, you know, I've totally witnessed the fact that I've been in this hermit phase and, uh, you know, I told you just before we started this, that I'm probably going to be starting a podcast of my own and, uh, you know, I know. And I have, I have someone that's super cool and we have this great dynamic going back and forth. And, uh, it's definitely going to be kind of a, a high consciousness discussion. And, uh, you know, because I'm already doing all that stuff anyway on Instagram. So like, why not, why not give it a, a slightly, you know, more scaled platform for it? But, I, uh, yeah, I I'm definitely that. ready to re reintegrate with society. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not like you're being like an actual hermit, but I do understand what you're saying. You, you you've experienced a lot of, of heaviness, a lot of, um, you know, negativity. And it's, it's, it's easy to want a turtle shell when those things transpire. Right. I get that. For sure. For um, sure. but like, I, I, you know, I've, I've often harped upon, you know, in private about how inspirational I've always found your photography and you as a human being. Um, and I, I'm looking forward to like the next phase of, of whatever that inspiration looks like. And it, Hey, could be a podcast, could be photography, could be a film. Um, could be all of them. Could be. I was. Just it will probably be all of them. You stole my thunder, James. Come <laughs> oh, on, man. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> That's okay. Um, yeah, man. I think it, the the weird thing about how uh, the ebbs and flows of life have come to me is how I'm I'm, I'm much more capable of handling events and I'm much more hopeful for the future because I see so much growth in myself in so many different areas of my life like not just personally but like work-wise like I know I'm getting better at my craft whether it's this podcast or photography or whatever it is like I, I feel growth and that's just a really fun and inspiring place to be and I I, I look forward to that being for you as well soon I appreciate that man we're all kind of like in our own little weird ebbs and flows. So yeah, yeah you're totally in a, in a beautiful place of peace and you've been inspiring that way too. And almost to a point where I like low key resented you for moments <laughs> because, because of like, I'm like, who is this dude just being all positive and shit? <laughs> it's true. Yeah. No, dude, I get I that. I can see that. Cause dude. And, and honestly, like at sometimes like when I post like an ins- Instagram reel where it's just like something that I'm thinking like a thought and like a waterfall or some shit, I can see how that would come off incredibly disingenuous coming from me because I used to laugh at that shit but like I feel that way and like like the place that I'm in now like I want to express the things that I'm feeling and hope that someone else can relate to that in any manner right they could be like ha ha fuck you John and or wow that like really made me think about something that's why I started writing again that's why I've taken some of those musings and put them on Twitter and Instagram and TikTok because I think I'm in a place right now that is conducive for helping others, whether I think so or not. I, I just, I feel that way. So that's sort of, yeah, I get it. <laughs> you, But you totally are in that space. And what was the obvious like mirroring for me to even realize that was my shadowed reaction to it. Oh, you know I what I mean? so like, I was like the opposite. Well, of yeah. course. Yeah. I'm like, of course, I only want you to be that way. Right. Like that's inspiring to see. And so like for me to have any type of negative reaction to it, as I did for a moment, and you know, we, we totally, you know, talked about it for a hot second. was just like me totally living out of my, my shadow in that moment. And huh. it's just like, yeah, but that, but that's, that makes a lot of sense. 
literally shone the light on my shadow. And like, I was able to witness that, which is like step one of me, like, you know, getting over that little bit of shadow. So like you're doing what you got to do, man. And that's a beautiful thing. Yeah. I like that. And I think to some degree you're doing the same thing, even though it like might not feel that way right now. Like you have to like let go and create space for yourself to sort of evolve into the next iteration of you. And like, dude, it's funny because we're in very parallel positions of life in different time periods. Like you are where I was two years ago. And then two years ago, you were where I am now. Right. And like that sort of mirroring of like time is, is wildly interesting to me and just like just shows the ebbs and flows of life is completely non-unique and everyone goes through the same shit. Right. So if you're able to sort of learn from experiences, like I know I'm going to be back where I was two years ago at some point in my future. It's not all sunshine and and daisies. I know that. But like I've now been able to learn a lot about what it's like to sort of grow and travel through those inherently shitty times to be able to maybe manage them and handle them in a better way. Yeah. And then doing that, you're literally being an inspiration for other people. So just just keep doing that, man. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. (laughs) Yeah. When you, uh, when you look at like what's going to unfold for yourself, um, you know, the next year, right? Like, do you have ideas of creation? Do you have ideas of places that you want to go and travel? Like what, what do you like hope for yourself in the, in the next year? Oh man. Oh man. The older I get, dude, the more I just realize that like, just, I don't even know. I can't, it's it's like, you can't plan anything. You can't plan anything. But so some desires I have for sure, I, you know, when we get this podcast going, just to be more of kind of an expressive platform, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's so much, I, I love verbal processing. It's yeah. what I do all the time. And, you know, a lot of people seem to enjoy looking at me and hearing me speak. So I think there's going to be, like, I want to share that. I want to share that. I want to walk hand in hand with people on this journey because I, I understand both the highest highs and lowest lows of this stuff. And, you know, I, I seem to have, uh, I, I enjoy kind of being the chef in that kitchen of understanding how to dance with all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and I, and I want to be able to share that with people. So I don't, I don't really know, like it, it could be the podcast. I would love to make a film. I would love to, you know, even have an immersive art show with maybe AIR that's moving like the Van Gogh stuff with, you know, really beautiful words being spoken about it. And, I don't know. There's, there's so much, I have no idea. Like there's a lot of energy work that I'm also working on. I've been facilitating breath work on people. And so this whole energy worker side is starting to really kind of grow. And I, there's so like the beauty of this is just so much potential and I'm really not trying to box in what that's going to look like mm. because I have a hundred percent, a hundred percent always been wrong. Wow. I mean, that's, <laughs> I have never, <laughs> I mean, I've never been right with where I thought my life was going to go Same. and what I thought was going to happen. I have a hundred percent been wrong and in the best way. So no, I all I know is that there's so much beautiful stuff, um, that can come. And I'm just, I'm really just trying to lean in without an expectation and really not even that much of a plan because I, like, I, I can identify too much with, with the trajectory of it. And then I get frustrated and it turns into an expectation and blah, 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 blah. I love so, that. Uh, I think yeah. I think in a lot of ways when you don't put pressure on yourself to do a certain thing, it gives you the space to be and do what you want inevitably, right? Like yeah. I think 
early on in my transition out of like the normal nine to five job world in 2020 was pressure put upon myself to be a success immediately without putting any sort of framework on what that process should actually be like. And I've now gotten to the point where I understand that, you know, there no overnight success actually happens overnight. They are years and years and months and months of hard work and dedication to get to a point that you can then consider yourself successful. And for me, it was, it's basically been two years. Like the last year has been tons of ups and tums and downs, but like I've finally reached a point where I've now been able to consistently been in a place of creation that is has been transformative for me from a career perspective and i think when i started taking that pressure off of myself to have a certain level of success or achieve a certain you know status with regards to my career it opened me up to be able to do the job without pressuring myself or stressing myself and uh, I think if you put yourself in that mindset um, for whatever the next chapter holds for you, there is no question in my mind that you're going to be successful in whatever you choose to do. That's exactly it, man. And so much of what I'm even seeing with your process is that you also just really enjoy what you're doing. Love it. Right? I love yeah, it. Yeah. And like, that, that's like, that's step one. And that's, that's the hard thing too, you know, with, with people, they try to put this kind of pressure of, of professionality or career mm-hmm. on the things they enjoy. And just like, you know, my father used to always say this, the chased run. Mm. And, and you know, whether it's whether it was girls or, or, or like some, some job you wanted, like really what was behind that is like when you chase something, there's often this kind of fearful energy around it that literally repels the, the objective goal that you have mm-hmm. away from you. That's really interesting. And, I like that. Yeah, it's a good one. It's a yeah. good one. He's, he, he literally would like print it out on a piece of paper and put it around the house. Um, but this is where, you know, like with what I'm doing, with what you're doing, it's like, yeah, it would be cool if, if there was some career, like some, you know, monetary value that was added onto it. But I'm not currently treating it with the expectation that this needs to be my career. Because right. it's also the second I do that is the second like the, the the beauty of inspiration and genius with whatever I'm doing just goes out the freaking window. I agree with and, that. And it's and it's all becomes this thing I need to do in order to make a dollar so that I can continue to do and it just it will kill it entirely for me. So I, I, I feel that. I, I think yeah. I think what you said is like super important because like I love absolutely everything about what I do. Like dude I like I texted you I think it was yesterday. Were we supposed to do this yesterday? Yeah yesterday. Um or I forget when we were supposed to do that, our podcast initially Wednesday, maybe. And I got called to go shoot and I made literally one of my favorite photos I've ever made in my entire life. And I geek out in the room when I look at the back of the screen and I'm like, Oh (laughs) fuck. Like I can't believe, like I still completely geek out over that, um, process and, and the, the uh, initial capture of a moment and then, uh, and getting into it in the second hand. Um, but, but the truth is like, uh, there has been some, some part or some feeling inside of me that the success that I've now achieved was inevitable for me. I just needed to figure it out. Right. Like I had that belief. I had that trust that I was going to get to the point that I am hopefully going to be in, in, in a, in a short period of time that was something that I was always building towards. And like, whether that's like me subconsciously manifesting it or not, 
it's happened, but I believed it. And if I, yeah. I think there's a lot of people who think something's a lot harder than it has to be. Um, and at the end of the day, if you just believe that whatever you're going to try to do, it's inevitable that you're going to be successful at it, you can be. Totally. And I will say that you and I are both in, you know, pretty fortunate shoes to be able to explore things the way we are. Oh, totally. Where where we can not totally worry about money every day. And yeah. I know a lot of people. Well, don't I do have worry about it. <laughs> I mean, I you know, I do too. I do yeah. too. But like, I'm not. I'm not like worrying about like eating tonight. You know right. what I mean? Like, I can, yes, absolutely. I have a place to live. I have enough money to live today. And you know, and I'm, and that's really kind of what's allowed me to to do that. And you know, with what you're saying is so right, man. Like the the attraction behind the joy of experiencing something is just so much more, it's just going to attract that reality to you so much more than the fear of not getting that reality. You know what I mean? Yeah. And this is where, you know, this is, uh, this is pretty like simple law of attraction stuff, right? It's like, and this is something that, you know, my, my ex and I were always kind of dancing with too. It's again, the, the desire for like a, like a beautiful outcome is so much more literally attracting or sorry, so much less literally attracting than the fear of it not happening. Like Ooh. fear is such, such a, such a, uh, an awful, awfully attracting thing. Mm. And it's, it's like, this is why things break down because of the fear of them not working out or the fear of it not happening the way you want. And this is where like, you know, my, I'm trying to get better with it. Everyone I know is also trying to get better with it. This is shifting that mindset. And it's just like the path towards that reality just becomes so much more clear and more open channeled when it's more of a desire for the positivity of it than the fear of it not happening. And I know like with artists and creatives, there's, it's just such a fear of like not making it, you know, like I know so many actors out here in California and there's just like, Oh, I'm never going to make it. I'm never going to do it. I'm never going to be able to be this huge thing. Right. And I'm like, well, no shit. Like yeah. this, like, that's like where you live. You live in this, in this reality of it not happening. So it's mm. not going to happen. Yeah. And so I'm like, you know, and that's something that I've been trying to transmute for myself too, because I'm definitely someone that struggles with jealousy and comparison and, and all these really? things that are inherent. Oh yeah, man. I I'm mean, surprised you I mean, know that. A, I mean, good. That means I'm, I'm putting on a good mask, but <laughs> it's totally something I'm, I'm, I'm been working through my whole life is just like, you know, I want to be the best. I want right. to be the most helpful. I want, you know, and I also love validation. I'm not, I'm going to be the first one to say, I love it. You know, maybe yeah. it's my Leo. Every rising creative. Shit. I don't yeah, know. Right. <laughs> yeah. And it's just like, I, I, I love adulation. I'm not going to even remotely pretend that I don't. Yeah. And I'm with you. You know, <laughs> I, would, I would love to <laughs> not care, but when someone says this is beautiful, it's like, yeah. Uh, thank you. Like that just literally thank made you. my day. Right. Oh uh, yeah. But also duh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for telling me what I already knew, but yeah. So, it's what I thought, but didn't necessarily believe until someone else told me. <laughs> totally, and yeah, but yeah, but your your validation definitely helped. That's fine. Um, yeah. But yeah, so I'm definitely like trying to to figure that out better, you know, more for myself. And that that's just like knowing that you are your own unique like beauty in this existence, and there is like such a cool divine purpose for you. Yeah. And you know, again, the older you get, I think the more you can just start to experience this like very individualized path that you're on. And then the, this comparison and this freaking out and this jealousy will theoretically start to subside. It has for me because I just know that I'm supposed to do something really cool. And like, I don't, you know, I'm not 20 anymore where like my options are just so limitlessly confusing that I don't know where I'm going at all. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but now, you know, I'm 32 and I can, you know, I'm starting to see a little bit more where it's going and it's, it's a lot more reassuring for sure. I think that has been the greatest, like, 
secret that my 30s have taught me is that like it's never too late to do whatever the fuck you want in your life right like save save for the fact that like if you make smart money decisions in your life everything gets easier but like you can do and you can be whatever you want to be and anyone who tells you otherwise is full of shit you can build a podcast from zero you can start a photography career tomorrow you could be an artist you could be a musician you can do whatever you want and the only person stopping you from doing those things is yourself so as soon as you learn that you are inevitably your only biggest hurdle you can start pragmatically going about your life to create whatever the fuck you want hell yeah that is that is utter truth that's yeah. utter wisdom right there but that's that's really what it is you are the most divine creator in your life and the sooner that you get to realize that, like that's that's when the magic starts pouring out of you. I sure. com- I completely agree, um, dude. I'm uh, I'm incredibly appreciative to have had you on again and uh, share another hour with you. Uh, obviously, we're gonna have to do this again because I could talk to you for days. Um, I'm uh, I'm I'm a huge fan of you as a human being. I'm incredibly thankful for your friendship and uh, just incredibly lucky to be able to call you a friend and. Uh, Thank you so much for coming on the podcast again, James. Uh, I love you, buddy, and uh, have a great rest of your day. The love is mutual, my friend. We'll talk soon. All right. Take care, buddy. Thank you. Bye.